Right, so there you go. Welcome back to my second hour on air. You tune into Radio Pulpit 657 AM and, of course, uh, Cape Pulpit 729 from Gauteng to the Cape. So a special shout-out to all of our listeners right around the world. We are so blessed having, I believe, the best fans in the world. We are not, not limited to a region or to a province. We've got people right now commenting very jealous messages. I, I, don't, I don't think your messages are acceptable because you are in Australia and you're telling me that you're going to go watch the game between the Box and the Old Blacks. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Come on. That's not Christian character. How can you make us so jealous? Uh-uh. That's not good. Nevertheless, uh, this is Filling the Gap. And i got to admit, this is without a doubt one of the most exciting shows once a month that I look so forward to having. It is when I get the opportunity to talk to Reverend Paul Coupe. Now, you believe me when Dwayne van Rensburg says this. And I hope someone is recording me and someone is holding me to my word a year from now. But you just wait for the lockdown restrictions to be taken away. I'm going to put this girl on stages. This Reverend Paul Coupe, her voice has got to be heard by the world. She's an ambassador for the kingdom of Christ. And yet again tonight, we will be informed. The, the Bible says that my people perish due to lack of knowledge. We've got the responsibility of the church. Now, I'm going to impress her because we are the ecclesia. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um and it's so awesome when someone comes and confirms. Last week I had uh, uh Dr. Sam from Reaching a Generation and when I asked him what the church responsibility is, guess what he said? He said we are the ecclesia. And he confirmed Reverend Folkify. Rev, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Dwayne. I'm always great when I'm on radio pulpit. And I'm thankful that, you know, you have relevant shows like this, which, um, you know, is not just about entertainment, but is around educating our people and the body of Yeshua around what we're supposed to be doing in this time. There is no other greater or more critical time for the Ecclesia, as you have correctly said, to be (laughs) vocal and to be taking a lead. Now, you said something very interesting. You know, you said that I was a voice and thank you for that, for that compliment. But here's the thing. As a body of Christ, we are supposed to be a voice. We're supposed to be a prophetic voice, an apostolic voice. um, And prophetic always gives direction. And apostolic always lays a foundation and brings alignment. So this is who we are when God is saying we're the salt and saying that we're the light. Light gives direction, especially where there's blindness. And um, this is what we're supposed to do. So I'm really grateful, really, really grateful for this platform that Radio Pulpit has allowed you to have and that you've privileged me to also grace and talk about legislative matters. And um, I just I want to say this before maybe we talk about some of the legislations that are coming up. Dwayne, I was recently talking to a we had a group of um, American missionaries that came to do some work in South Africa. And in the course of their coming, one of the young ladies who came, her name was Latau Martin. Her mother is is uh, an influential voice in the United States, um, Dr. Francina Norman. And she's an attorney and she came and she said, I would love to interact with some of the female students here. 
in South Africa. And so we did a quick impromptu kind of um, meeting where we had a few female law students come. But in the course of that, you know, God gave a mandate and he said this. He reminded us about Deborah. And Deborah, many people forget she was a lawyer, but you know, you have to be a lawyer before you can be a judge. So mm. people know her to be a judge, but you have to go through the process of being a lawyer. Mm. And if you read that whole Judges 4 and 5, which is really around Deborah, it tells you that she was judging, making judgments under and between palm trees. Now, palm tree is a sign of righteousness. It is a symbol of righteousness. And I do want to remind the church at this time that, you know, one of the very key scriptures God says in Psalms 97 too, he says, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Mm. Mm. And in the kingdom of God, therefore, there can never be any justice without there being righteousness. They are twins. They are twins. And um, in my talking to the female attorneys, I made them understand that, one, they're not just going into a profession. It's a ministry. It's a calling to be a lawyer. And especially in this season, because Dwayne, what is happening around the world is that when any nation wants to change the culture and the behavior of the people, they use the medium of law. They use the arm of law. So if I want to change your conduct, if I want to change your behavior, I will legalize um, whatever I don't want, whatever I want you to do, I make it legal. Whatever I want you to stop, I criminalize it. And essentially what this program is, is helping to do, which I'm, you know, I, can't, I can't say enough, Dwayne, how important this program is. And I wish, you know, other radio stations would, would, would move in the same direction and allow their, 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 their platform to be used for such important and vital programs. So if I want to legislate immorality, if I want to make a, a group of people, a nation, a body of people immoral, what do I do? I start to uh, legalize immorality. Mm. And if I want to, um, you know, stop people from behaving ethically and morally and, and, and righteous, what do I do? I criminalize everything that pertains to, um, you know, being, being good, being moral, uh, all of that. I criminalize it. That way, because nobody wants to go to prison, People will stop behaving in an ethical way. People will stop behaving in a, a responsible way. People will stop behaving in an accountable way because they don't want to go to jail. They don't want to suffer the consequences that go with that kind of um, behavior. So this is why, for instance, hate speech will now be defined as, as, as anything you say. When you talk about sin, it's now defined as hate speech. So you'll go to jail. But all you've been doing, Dwayne, is reminding people about righteous behavior. All you're doing is reminding people to act responsibly in a se sexually. Um, be accountable uh, when, when you are, are engaging in sex. You know, um, God created marriage. So treat sex with, with the, the respect it deserves and with the honor and the way it's supposed to. You can now, you know, go to jail for saying things like that. Mm. It's becoming an offense now to counsel people in the right way, to counsel them in terms of what is legal and what is moral. 
Do you know that in many nations it's become an offense to pray for people and, and to counsel them against sin? Mm. It's, it's now being made an offense. So what's going to happen? The church now will be silent. The church, which is the ecclesia, supposed to be legislating, supposed to be providing a direction, supposed to be the voice, supposed to be you know, showing the way and occupying, the church will effectively be silenced and have no voice. And that's why we need to wake up as the body of Christ in South Africa before it's too late. Because many nations, it's already gone so far that uh, many, many churches have already been silenced. They can't say anything. They can't say much. In South Africa, it is on its way. But I must say, I think we, I believe and trust God that we've woken up in good time that we can still give a pushback give a pushback mm. and, 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 and begin to impact and make an influence. And um, I want to congratulate everybody out there who made submissions to Pepuda. And I want to thank you also, Dwayne. I want to say thank you for, for, for allowing us to use the, the platform that you have to remind people about the Pepuda. You remember the Pepuda bill that mm. we talked about? Yeah. Do you remember what it was about? Every promote, single was, word of it. I was, I, I think if I had a mic <laughs> on my chest and I used to record every conversation <laughs> I had with people after we were on air, yo, Rev, yeah. I should, I should, I, I should become your left hand or your right hand person because I'm just, I'm just your second voice. My ride or die. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm so appreciative because the Papuda bill and you were a part of it and many different stakeholders were going out there to give out the message so the papuda if we remember is the promotion is the prevention sorry of the the promotion of equality and prevention of unfair um equality un unfair discrimination act yeah yeah so it's the promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination act and uh, we had a great discussion around that and around how it may actually infringe on our rights to speak, infringe on our freedom of religion, all of that, and um, get us into some real trouble. And the Christian community and the body of Christ, you came to the party. In fact, um, the response was so great that their email system went down. <laughs> their email system could not actually take the response. And I want to encourage the body of Christ that let's make sure that the government um, updates their email system. That mm. let's let's respond so much that we crash the system. <laughs> but um, we we have not had feedback as, as yet in terms of the outcome of that. But we do know that the department has acknowledged receipt and they've acknowledged the number, the numerous submissions made by believers and made by Christians. And so we're waiting to hear the outcome of that. But what we need from the body of Christ, is for that response to be consistent. You know, uh, legislating is a process. It's not a one-time event. So you as the ecclesia who are called to legislate must be aware, must um, know what's going on, and must be alert. Mm. And one thing we learned from our conversations and discussions, Dwayne, was that, um, you know, petitions, in as much as we do petitions, petitions we can sign a whole number of names to petitions but they are only counted as one submission mm. so we must remember that going forward 
that in so much as it's good to write petitions, when it comes to counting them as submission, they only count for one. So it's better to make written submissions to the department responsible because then your written submission as an individual counts as one. So you can have a million signatures on one sheet of paper. It will count only as one submission. So that's something that we need to remember going forward. Yeah. Right, so Rev, we've got three very interesting topics to discuss tonight. And as as much as yeah. I want to spend some time on the driver's license e-natus issues and as well as the new increase yeah. on exit tax, um, hold on, Rev, because you, you got my attention with this topic that you brought up here because this is a, I believe that this is a yeah. very controversial topic in the church. And this, for me, borderlines yeah. on more or less the, the same confusion that the church has over the vaccine. Now, we're not going to talk over the vaccine yeah. right now. This is not the platform for that now. But we're going to talk about the <laughs> firearm legislation. Although the deadline has yeah. passed, we could still chat about yeah. the implications. What is the firearm legislation all about? Let's go for it. Well, the firearm legislation, I mean, the key areas I think that really were concerning the public, I'm going to just highlight the key areas and then talk about on the firearm legislation. And again, on this um, bill as well, there was a surge, there was a, a lot of response. And, and um, I know why. So we're also, we also need to interrogate that. You know, why is it the church responds a lot on some issues and why do we not respond on other issues? So in, in terms of um, the firearm, uh, the, the, the concern that was raised by the public was that the firearm legislation was actually proposing to repeal, which means to take away, to take away certain provisions that pertained to self-defense. So there's some provisions there allowing for self-defense and much of the firearms legislation was actually going to repeal those provisions. And the comments that were brought back by the public, the public generally seriously and aggressively opposed, opposed that. So they don't, didn't, they didn't want those provisions um, taken out. And it was going to be repealed, uh, pertaining self-defense. So people who collected firearms, ammunition, even private collectors dealing with issues around reloading of ammunition. There were so many restrictions on the number of firearms that one could have on the ammunition that even people who engaged in sports, you know, uh, using firearms for sports, all of that on the number of firearms and ammunition that hunters could also possess. And also the other thing that the firearm legislation was proposing was a reduction in terms of the licensing. So that was going to be cut as well. So basically the comments that came through were opposing the repeal of provisions that pertain to self-defense and the restrictions that were being placed on the number of firearms and the ammunition and also pertaining to the reduction in the licensing um, period. So uh, as far as I know, the the bill was open for public comment until August the 2nd. Initially, it was published in the Gazette for comments up until May 21st. And then because they received more than 100,000 written submissions sure. similar yeah similar to Peppuda Peppuda also I think there was more than a hundred thousand mm. so 
But here, here's the interesting thing, Dwayne, and I think we need to have a conversation here on this. Here, we did not have to motivate as much. I mean, we didn't even talk about the gun laws, did we? No, never. We never talked about it, but we had the whole public was mobilized. They rallied Mm. and they did not want this. And so maybe one thing we have to ask ourselves is, what what is it that makes us respond and 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 my feeling and i think you should also comment on this is that because i think people felt that this gun law many people are having guns in their houses for private protection of themselves and so i think that because people felt that it would impact them as individuals that was the reason why there was a lot of response because of fear, because of fear of of of, of self preservation, put it that way. Put it that way. Mm. So I don't know if you want to hop in and you know just say something there, but that is my submission, and I feel that we had so many submissions because people were trying to pr- protect their right of self preservation, and so they responded. But what I wanted to say on that is that it. In in many instances, there's an aspect of self-preservation involved. We just don't know the the implications and the consequences. And so with the gun law, I think it was much more obvious Mm. in terms of how maybe it was going to impact one as an individual. And people just don't know that every piece of legislation is going to impact you equally, equally as, 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 as hard and equally either impact you in terms of not enabling you freedom of speech, not enabling you freedom of association, not enabling you freedom of of, uh, religion, which are all constitutionally entrenched rights. So that's the situation um, with the the gun laws right now. And um, it was extended until August the 2nd, and uh, according to Minister Trele, who's the minister uh, responsible, he said that there were requests also from for the police service to do more research on the issue so that they can access more research and come up with reports that will now inform um, what is needed to make the amendments. So that's that's the decision they've taken was to when the research comes in and the reports come in, then they will, according to them, they'll grant the public and the members of public an opportunity to look into the reports, to have proper insight into the reports. And then they will now give another opportunity to provide comments in terms of strengthening the bill. So that's that's the position in terms of the gun bill. But again, I, I want to congratulate the public and say um, well done for your response and and hear me well I'm not necessarily congratulating you on the content or substance of your response I'm just saying for the fact that you responded well done um, and we need to keep up this pressure of responding don't just respond to one bill let's be responsive in the same manner to every bill that is out there is going to impact you as an individual and it's going to impact us as a community and definitely going to impact us as a nation so we need to to definitely keep that up and keep up the momentum and let the the government and the state know that we are alert we are watching and we are responsive in that area, yeah. Well, Rev, you asked me for my opinion and you asked me to chip in. So yeah. I'm actually going to chip in, yeah. 
Um, Please chip in. Something, something for me that was actually quite profound was um, my, my in-laws are the farmers. Uh, so that yeah. they're, they're farmers in the Northern Cape. And, and, and uh, what's profound is that the moment that the gun issue came up, all of yeah. these, all of these movements um, in all the, the unions protecting the farmers, um, all of yeah. these unions woke up and came to the party. The, 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 yeah. the, the sad reality for me is I unfortunately did not see those same movements. Um, yeah come to stand when we spoke about the Papu double. Um, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 for me, it's very weird because uh, a gun technically has got nothing to do with freedom of speech and religion, and everybody was commenting on that. But in my opinion, um, we, could, yeah. we could much rather lose our guns than lose our opinions. And, and, and for me, yeah. the computable was supposed to have four times, five times as much um, response According to my beliefs and my conviction, because you can take away my gun, but just don't take away my my words, because with my right. words, mm. I glorify the king. Um, and yeah. what is what is very ironic to me, Rev, and, and once again, I've got to be careful not making this a political speech, yeah. but someone, yeah. <laughs> uh, another country that, that was also went through this battle was America when Donald Trump was, was in yeah. control. And, and one exactly. of the things that Donald Trump emphasized was you want to take the guns away from those who's legally having them, but it's, you're yeah. not, you're not in the process going to take the guns away from the criminals. They are anyway yeah. having them illegally. So yeah. you, you're literally yeah. just making them strong in the process. And that is my angle. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many things to look at concerning gun, and it's not just the legislation. I'm also thinking that perhaps, you know, legislation is supposed to provide a certain environment. But definitely, mm. I can say this, Dwayne, it is not always the answer. Yeah. Um, so it, it's supposed to support. It's kind of like a supportive thing. I agree. But, um, for, we've got a situation, for instance, where we have legislation against uh, sexual assault and rape. Has it stopped the rape? Not at all. No, no. We've had laws. We have strict laws and sentencing, even in terms of rape and all of that. It hasn't stopped the rape. So legislation is, is as important as it is. I've stressed that it is important, but it's not the, uh, the all ends. It's not the, you know, everything. So going along with it, there are certain policies, there are certain other actions that need to be to be done um, with the in the area of of, of rape, for instance. Mm. There's a lot of education that needs to be done. Yeah. There are a lot of cultural issues, for instance, where uh, some rapes come out of maybe wrong teachings and wrong cultural perceptions and things like that. So it has to be accompanied with the right education. Uh, traditional leaders and leaders need to be involved as, as part of that, be mobilized in terms of re-educating the mindset. So legislation always has to be accompanied with something else. And with the gun issue, um, I think part of the reason why it's, it's a topical issue right now is because, you know, definitely we have one of the higher murder, um, murder rates and criminal statistics mm. and all of that. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's a concern around that. And that's why the Firearms Control Amendment Bill, that's what it's called, uh, FCAB, Firearms Control Amendment Bill, is now looked at. 
And um, one of the things we, I think for me, that the, the government needs to interrogate and investigate is many of the firearms that are used in criminal offenses are stolen from police. Mm. Sure. You know that. Sure. Yeah, the police. Many of the firearms are actually stolen from the police, from warehouses, etc. So for me, if they're serious about gun control, they need to interrogate. Why is it? How are the guns um, being removed from police custody? Are they really being stolen? Or are there instances of some police officers being um, implicit in it? Are mm. they selling? Are some of them selling it to the criminals? So for me, that's actually one of the areas the government needs to look at. Don't just look at legislation yeah. whereby... You know, you're repealing certain provisions. Look at the practical implications. Why is it that many of the guns that go missing are missing from the police department? That, for me, will be looking at real solutions um, and not just looking at the legislative aspect, but looking at practical solutions and and not just looking at um, removing self-defense as a valid reason to own a firearm because that's one of the things that the bill proposes to remove self-defense as a valid reason. But, um, yeah, are we going to go to music? Yeah, are we having I, a song? Yeah, I think so. I think we should have a break because <laughs> I'm very much interested in a, in one of these other topics that you listed. Uh, I, I'm honest, Rev, I never even knew about uh, this discussion topic of uh, the new increased exit tax that is being proposed for SA citizens who leaves SA permanently. I've actually got people close to my close to me right now that may be leaving the country yeah. shortly and, and I just sent them a message I said you gotta tune in now because this is gonna be relevant to you. So yo Rev yeah. Uh, yeah. you keep yeah. me informed. No, Thank thought, you for that. I thought yeah, I thought it would be an interesting convo and yeah we'll we'll come back with it after our song. Well, super, super. Listen to that. Uh, she's not only my guest, but she's also becoming a co-presenter. She's even yes. telling me, go for the song. <laughs> Yo, one of these days, you can sit on the side of the desk, Rev, and I can never break. That will be great. Tell me when you need a vacation, a vacay, and I'll be there. If you, Monday evenings from 7 to 8. If you can fill that slot, we can talk business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, let's All take right. a short break. We'll be back after this. This is Faithful Now by Vertical Worship. Right, welcome back. That was a Vertical Worship with Faithful Now. Once again, an awesome evening with Reverend Paul Coupe right here on 657 AM, your daily companion from Gauteng to the Cape, 729 Cape Pulpit. Welcome to you guys as well. In fact, we just got a message all the way from Cape Town, and uh, this is someone in Cape Town that said, Reverend Paul Coupe, maybe I'm putting you on the spot right now, but would there be a possibility of you at some stage informing the general public on the expropriation without compensation, the land reform legislation? Is there something on that? that you can give to us at a later stage. Rev, can we do something on that? Yeah, sure, we can do something. And, you know, it's one of those uh, very highly sensitive um, <laughs> bills and a lot of history and a lot of politics involved. I, I have um, talked about it. And, you know, one has to be careful at how one talks about mm. it. I try and bring out the legal implications without necessarily putting my personal views in it but just talking about if this happens that happens etc just so that and and that's my responsibility really is to try and present the law but of course uh, i can't do it completely with no bias because i am a believer and i have to represent the kingdom perspective um on that issue so yeah definitely we can look at that and um 
yeah, well, let, let's see what we can do. We'll talk about it and see what we do, eh? I know exactly where you're coming from. As a, as a radio presenter, we also need to confine to the rules <laughs> of uh, ICASA and uh, the National Broadcasting <laughs> exactly. Complaint Commission. So it is, it is, sometimes it's so tough when I, when a listener, I don't think knowing this listener that I just received the message from, I don't think there's any, um, any foul play or, uh, uh, trying to put us in a corner, and 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 that is that is the pity, that is the sad part about how sensitive things has become. Uh, we can't, yeah. we can't always have the freedom of speech. We will be held accountable, and and sometimes being on a national platform like this, we gotta sometimes be careful not to push over our own opinions. And and that is exactly. perhaps someone asked me this afternoon, why aren't you having a show on your opinion on the vaccines? <laughs> <laughs> It, it's such it's yeah. such a controversial topic right now because my opinion it's, it's technically hugely, don't matter. <laughs> it's hugely um, controversial. And to be honest with you, I almost thought of talking about that in terms of, you know, because there are legal implications around constitutionality and all of that. You know, there are a lot of legal issues that we can talk about with the vaccine, but maybe for another time, because, you know, there are questions around uh, the aspect of if, if if vaccines are being imposed on one, does that take away one's right and constitutionality in terms of and, and you know there there are medical um, procedures and processes which actually say that a person has a right to know before receiving medical attention they have a right to know what kind of medical attention what is in you know whatever medicine or medical attention they're being given they're, they're supposed to be. Um, told about all of those issues so those are issues now that one could actually raise and ask mm. that with with mandatory vaccine and vaccinations are those procedures and normal protocols are they being complied with now the issue the the issue i think i explained this before um Duane, just before we get back to the other thing we said we'd talk about the issue about it is that and i spoke about the national disaster management act And one of the things I talked about in a previous conversation, because people were like, well, you know, these regulations, aren't they a contravention of my freedom of association? They're stopping me from going wherever I want to go. So it is in contravention of freedom of association. Another regulation says that you're not allowed to say anything and that you can be actually arrested for false information, giving false or inaccurate information that relates to COVID. So that also can be said to be in contravention of one's freedom of speech. And there are a whole lot of other, and then the freedom of religion around not being able to go to services, all of that. But as I said previously, that the Constitution, um, in as much as it's entrenched those provisions in the Constitution and their, their fundamental rights, which cannot be taken, they're in the highest piece of legislation Um, that the land has, the Constitution. However, in the same Constitution, there's a limitations clause. And what that limitations clause effectively does and says, it says that some constitutional rights can be suspended in certain instances. And some of the instances they set out, for instance, are like, should it be an instance of preservation of life, something like that. 
where there's preservation of life involved, then there can be suspension of that. So this is where the national disaster management gets its power from. And like I explained, it's the it's 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 a very powerful act. So it's it's being um, used from that perspective that now many of the rights that we've enjoyed, we they will be lifted because the allegation is that it is in the interest of saving life. Now, one of the things that uh, has been challenged, COGTA has not really answered for, for me. And COGTA, we know, is the unit that's led by our mama Nkosazana Tamini Zuma. Mm. And one of the things that I think, I really think that COGTA can do better is because the regulations, number one, um, the body of stakeholders who are involved, who actually, um, you know, f- give information, who actually are a part of making those regulations. Number one, I don't think that the body of Christ has been involved. They've not consulted the body of Christ. And considering that we have an 80% majority of Christians, I really feel that they needed to have more stakeholders from the body of Christ. That's the one thing I would like to say. Second thing I would like to say in terms of COGTA is they never share information. They are supposed to be a committee that gathers, that explains the reason behind, the reasoning behind their regulations. And they don't do that. Or if they do do that, they don't do it sufficiently. So what what is upsetting the public is that there doesn't seem to be some some proper rationale or reasoning. The reasoning is not consistently applied. It's not consistently applied. And many of the, 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 the church members who are getting upset are putting um, reasoning to say that, but, you know, if people can travel in kumbis and so many kumbis and it's, it, and it's full and, and malls are full, but the buildings where services are held are closed down. So those are the challenges that I think COGTA must actually answer to us to say scientifically, how do you come up with the levels that you come up with? Because it is seeming, at least to the public, that there is this a thumbsuck. It's random. You know, today's level three and level four. So I think they could do better in terms of explaining the scientific rationale and basis for changing the levels and also including the the body of Christ in their decision-making and in their consultations, I think COGTA can do a lot better. So I just wanted to throw that in um, right there for that, for now. So this is this yeah. is this is so typical typical Dwayne and Reverend Paul Coupai because this wasn't even a discussion <laughs> topic, but if you challenge the two of us, we'll have a crack at it. <laughs> yeah, but but Dwayne, that's one of the fun. I mean, we're under lockdown, so this Dis- National Disaster Management Act and Constitution is really what is kind of um, determining our our lifestyle right now. So uh, I don't think it's it's it's. It's. I think it was a very good depart, you know, for us to depart into this conversation because right now we're still under regulations and under lockdown. And one of the reasons why I mentioned it, Dwayne, is that the, I'm mentioning it because I want to encourage the body of Christ and the public to remain alert and to remain vigilant. Mm. The constitutional rights of ours that have been suspended have been suspended on the basis of so-called saving lives so-called, and I'm putting that in quotes uh, deliberately, because <laughs> like I say, COGTA has, yeah, COGTA has not really shown us uh, scientifically 
you know, their basis for changing the levels. So they've been made on that basis. Lockdown is going to come to an end, hopefully by God's grace soon. You know, and we're trusting and we're praying and the body of Christ is praying. But what I want to say this is that lockdown is going to come to an end. And when it does, I'm saying to the body of Christ, I'm saying to the public and the citizens of South Africa, be very vigilant, be very alert. Make sure that the rights that were given to you, the constitutional rights of freedom, of association, of speech, of religion and all of that, make sure that those rights are not permanently suspended. Sometimes it's been shown historically in many nations that um, the situation never went back to normal. Some places they use the suspension of rights to now change and give the state control over people so that the people have no more rights, they have no more voice, they have nothing. So all I'm saying to the public is that these rights have been temporarily suspended, supposedly, for the preservation of life. The minute lockdown comes down, we need to, as citizens who are active citizens, active citizenry means you are involved in, in, in legislating and involved in decision-making. So as an active citizen, it is our responsibility to make sure that those rights are, are, are brought back in, in, in their fullness and that the National Disaster Management Act is no longer a- applicable in terms of, um, you know, the COGTA and COVID-19 regulations, we need to make sure that we have full access to our rights as entrenched within the Constitution. Well, Rev, maybe we could perhaps at a later stage do an entire show on that, things to look out for after the lockdown has lifted. But we literally have six minutes per topic. We've got two topics that you've got to touch on. We promised this (laughs) to our listeners. So I'm going to hold you to your six minutes in in the chat section. We've got to touch on the new increased exit tax that is being proposed for SA citizens who leaves SA permanently. What is that all about, Rev? Well, the exit tax, I thought it would be an interesting conversation in view of where we are at now with the lockdown and with all sorts of issues. Um, you know, we see people wanting to leave South Africa. And, you know, I'm grateful for organizations such as hashtag I'm staying. Yeah. Mm. You know, who are out there and, and reminding us that South Africa is, is, is still a good country. Do we have challenges? Yes, we have challenges like any other nation. And sometimes if you leave thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, you may find that it was really only artificial grass. <laughs> it, it, it looked greener just because it was artificial. And that's, it, the, that's, the nice way, that's the nice way of putting it, Riv. You know that there's other saying <laughs> that the grass is greener on the other side because of all the... Um, all the stuff. All yes, the natural all compost. The all the manure, that's, the manure that, that, that was put That's up. a better word for radio. All right, give, give us a bit more yeah. details on that on that exit tax thing, please. Yeah, so the exit tax is, is basically um, being proposed um, on a further tax, and I believe it came uh, originally from the National um, Treasury. So um, when people want to emigrate now, and that's what I was trying to work towards building to say people want to leave for various reasons some they say it's crime others it's whatever it is but all i'm just saying is understand the implications there would be financial or monetary implications in terms of tax how much you would be taxed if this goes through 
if this bill goes through. So it's uh, it's been proposed by the National Tre- Treasury, and they're proposing a further tax for those who intend, not visitors, so you and I, you know, who go and visit London and whatever, that's fine. But for those who permanently leave South Africa, uh, then um, it's being published in the draft tax bills. And uh, the proposal is that those who intend to leave South Africa permanently and uh, may have an, an increased exit tax, that's what they're calling it, exit tax. And so some, I think, are even people who are planning their retirement that we're going to retire overseas. And so we need to understand that that implication, that taxpayers now will be the, the, the assets that would be subject to exit tax, for instance, would be things like fixed property, foreign fixed property, um, other things that would be subject to exit tax, shares, uh, unit trusts, and, you know, those other types of similar investments, uh, all the trusts and similar and, and unit trusts and um, South African exit tax, the things that would be excluded from the exit tax. So all, everything I've mentioned would be subject to exit tax. I'm just going to go over it again. So it'd be foreign fixed property, shares, unit trusts and other trusts. Now, the things that would be excluded from the exit tax would be South African fixed property, if it's held in the taxpayer's name, and then retirement interests um, held in pension, providence, and retirement annuity funds, and then money and personal use assets. So that, that is just a little nugget out there so that people who are planning to retire abroad or planning to leave the country for whatever... Uh, need to understand that um, the proposal is to increase the exit tax. And it would come in operation on the 1st of March, I think, 2022. So, yeah. So I think that's just, you know, that's a little nugget out there. No, it's 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 then, very it's very good very good information. Just as much as um, because this is something I want to I want to talk to you about. Our third topic, the driver's license um, e natus issue. On Friday, I did the yeah. afternoon drive, and in the afternoon yeah. drive on the news, uh, one of the articles that I read was that the the transport minister has uh, given an extension on yes, the renewing yes. of licenses up to the 31st of March 2022. Of March 2022, yeah. So I'm, right, I'm not exactly. 100% sure because the article was limit, very limited. Was that an extension on the renewal of personal driver's license or does it also include the license discs of vehicles? It's uh, As far as I can see, it's the driver's licenses. It's talking about the driver's license. And so this issue was really dealing with expired driver's license. So initially, motorists uh, had been given until the 31st of August, which is tomorrow. <laughs> sure. So they, they, yeah, it would have expired there. So if, if let, let's say you're driving with an expired driver's license then and they had been given until 31st of august to ensure that their licenses were renewed and uh, i i'll tell you i think the only reason why they've given the extension is because apparently there's such a huge huge backlog and uh, there are a lot of technical issues because you know you have to book 
using the e-natus system and you have to book online and all of that and there's just a whole lot of technical challenges people are not able to book and all of that and then long queues and you know with covid you know all all those issues so there's a huge huge backlog and especially i think in Gauteng the backlog is 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 bigger as usual <laughs> Mm. in Gauteng yeah we we have uh, we tend to have a lot of backlogs so basically the principle that they're just trying to put out there is that renewals of driver's license cards should be done four weeks before the expiry date and then if if you renew it after you know after this has been done that you've got a grace period up until uh March the 2022 but if you renew it after the expiry date after that grace period then what's going to happen is you're going to have to apply for a temporary driving license and that's going to cost you more money at an additional cost and while you wait for your driving license to be issued so yeah well rave just to just to prove to you that we've got actually people listening to us uh we've got someone that just sent us a whatsapp here on the whatsapp line that says do you guys have any more information on whether a, a pdp a professional pro- driver's permit also receives the same extension i rely on my pdp license and it would be a pretty sad day if i am held responsible for something that took place because my pdp has expired now this is yeah. this is my perception and ref you might differ from me but a pdp is yeah. literally printed on the same card as your driver's license so yeah. so in my opinion the way i interpret these changes based on the news article and, and and based on what we just heard i think if your pdp also expires then and it's on your license disc that expires in march yeah. that's also valid yeah yeah um, I, I, I believe so. But you know what we we should do? What I'm also going to do, um, Dwayne, is send you the um, the links also because I, you know, so we can encourage people to go on for themselves. Send them the links, especially for Gauteng residents, if you want to apply online for the sure. renewal, what to do. So what I'm going to do is just send what's up to you, sure, what please. needs to be done. Yeah, please, because I actually have a listener right now that's asking me for something relevant, and I can actually respond to this. I don't need Reverend Paul Coupe for this. Yo, I feel so powerful. No! Mabanga just asked us, if you have received a fine for your car license disc, I actually went through this a while ago because the license disc fine is a valid fine because the disc yeah. system went online last year in August. Last, yes, yes. So, yes. You, so if you received a fine for your license disc, unfortunately, yeah. the, the fine is valid yeah. because you can apply for your license disc online now. Rev, if you can send me those links, please. And then, Rev, we literally yeah. have four minutes. You've got to talk to some ladies in the legal department with something yeah. that's going on right now. Go for it. Yes, um, you know, we've had this conversation around the importance of legislation and how it determines our conduct and behavior. And as a result of that, we started recently, or um, I started recently, a, a mentoring club for young female law students. And I'm focusing right now on female law students, not on people who've already graduated, um, in terms of mentoring them to understand their kingdom mandate. Uh, Right now, we are having so many struggles where immoral laws are being legislated. And God wants to raise up a generation of Deborahs, Mm. 
who understand that justice and righteousness go together. And um, that's, you know, God has just been so gracious to me that over 35 years that I've been a lawyer, he's helped me understand what my real mandate and responsibility is as a lawyer. It's never been to make a lot of money so I can drive a Ferrari or a Bentley or whatever it is. And I want to encourage female students out there. You are needed in this season. We need young ladies who walk with integrity and have character and have values, who will represent the kingdom of God with righteousness, understanding that justice is not just about secular humanistic values, but justice is not is a principle from God and justice is God. God is justice. So I'm looking for female. We started our first mentoring session and we are on Clubhouse. So if you don't have the Clubhouse app, just download the Clubhouse app and look for me. Um, do a search for me on Clubhouse app. Just put my names in at Pearl Coupe, at Pearl Coupe, P-E-A-R-L. K-U-P-E, and then you will see a club there called the Deborahs, the Deborahs 972. If you're a female law student, you're in law school, join us. We're having mentoring sessions on this fabulous app. We're discussing bills like the Papuda bill. I'm sharing my experiences. We are having visitors, for instance. You know, we intend to have um, people like the ombudsman and, you know, former ombudsman, etc., who will come and address us and some of my legal friends who've been in the legal um, profession and legal fraternity for quite some time. I will invite my friend like Michael Louie, you know, who did the independent candidates case, took it to the Constitutional Court to address you. We'll be calling people from 4SA like my friends Nadine Badenhurst and the executive director Michael Swain. All those people will be calling to come and address you at one point so that you will understand that you are called. Law is a calling, especially for such a time as this. God is need of you to represent the kingdom, not only in justice, but with righteousness and justice. So I really look forward. Look for me again. Download the Clubhouse app. After you've downloaded the Clubhouse app, do a search for Pearl Coupe. Then after you've done a search, follow me. Just follow me so that you can get the notifications. In real life, you follow Jesus. But for Clubhouse, <laughs> you, you can just follow me. And for everything else, make sure you're a follower of Jesus. And then um, after that, just do a search for... The, I'm on my profile, you will see a different clubs, mentoring clubs. Click the to join the Deborah's 972. And 972 stands for... Psalms 972, mm. righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. So thank you for that and allowing me to share that, Dwayne. All right, so there you have it, guys. It's a wrap. We literally have 30 seconds. If you want to send this specific show to someone, please go into Radio Pulpit, www.radiopulpit.co.za. Go, please grab this podcast and send it to the world. Watch out for the rebroadcast happening on Wednesday morning as well as Saturday morning. On behalf of me and Reverend Paul Coupe, uh, we can't wait to spend time with you at a later stage. I can't wait to hear what Rev Paul has got to say about our responsibility once this lockdown ends. you got to watch the space. I'll do a do- big marketing campaign for it so you can tune in and uh, you can tell the whole world. Rev, I love you two bits and I can't wait to spend time with you again. Oh, love you to the moon and back. And please say hello to your mom for me. I love her. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have to have coffee with her. I'll organize that. That's a promise. There, she's listening, so you are got to have coffee with her. 
Thank you. Bye, Donkey. All right, guys, that's <laughs> it from me and Reverend Paul Coupe. This is uh, only you 